the Cell Phone Junkie Podcast, episode 212 for June 20th, 2010. Headaches and frustration around the iPhone 4, teens not the only one texting behind the wheel, and webOS apps are half off. My name is Mickey Papillon. I'm Joey Kappas. Brought to you by Netflix and supported by listeners like you, subscribers to The Cell Phone Junkie Unlocked. More information at thecellphonejunkie.com. The show is also supported by The Cell Phone Junkie podcast application for the iOS, now available in the iTunes store for $1.99. First in the news this week, San Francisco just passed a law requiring retailers to post the specific absorption rate on any cell phone being sold in the city. The SAR is the rate in which the RF from the phone is being absorbed into the body, and it has to be posted in a font no less than 11 point near the device for sale. A spokesperson from the mayor's office said, We think that the consumer for whom this is an area of concern, this ought to be easier to find. Very interesting. It is, Mickey. Uh, we, you know, we haven't seen this quite yet, and the SAR is uh, uh, calculated, I think, for pretty much all the phones that are out there right now. If you are concerned about the radiation that you are receiving from your cell phone, and you are and everybody else is receiving radiation from a phone, um, you want to reduce the number. Uh, you want to have that number reduced, and you can find that on many different um, the, the vendors' websites. Yeah, there's a lot of places to find it. In fact, there's always reports that come out about the best and worst phones for SAR. Um, I will just as an aside tell you that some of the the best phones that are out there are not exactly the most popular ones and some of the worst phones are. So if you've got a BlackBerry as an example, it's not on the good list. I'll just say that. Well, researchers looking at the recent AT&T security breach that exposed thousands of iPad email addresses say that the implications of the breach could be more significant than just unwanted emails. The ICC-IDs used to identify the SIM in each device translate to the IMSI, which is a secret code used by the carriers. The IMSI is sent by the wireless device to the network uh, when signaling is on and is used to determine how a call should be routed, and knowing this information would allow the person's name, number, and location to be tracked. AT&T has sent an email to all affected customers notifying them of the security breach. They have no comment at this time about the additional implications of the issue. This story came from Ars Technica. That's kind of scary, though, that that information just uh, that initially we thought was just the email addresses could be actually tied to more uh, personal information. It really is, Mickey, because, you know, if you can backtrack that information, it really does become a security risk, and it is a big one as well. So I, I hopefully they can get that kind of fixed up. Yeah. Again, if you were affected by this, you will be receiving an email from AT&T, or you should have already received an email from AT&T stating that you were in that group of email addresses that were leaked out. Next, Nokia cut its second quarter and annual forecast this week in the midst of increasing competition and a lack of higher end devices from the Finnish company. Nokia stock reacted with a drop of 7% or 7.37 euros. The FCC's Julius Janikowski is looking for other FCC members to approve an AT&T acquisition of certain Verizon rural wireless licenses. The swap mandated in 2008 after the Verizon acquisition of Altel covers portions of 18 states. The approval is expected to occur within a few weeks. Consulting firm Wise Harbor founder Keith Mallison recently published an article about the end of the unlimited data plan. 
His contention is that when 3G first launched, it made sense to have these all-you-can-eat plans because there were few customers actually using the services. But since then, the smartphone has gained traction and the user base has started to fragment. Heavy data users will be, be willing to pay more than the standard rate, and light users may shy away from even getting a data plan because price is a factor. The tiered structure allows for more users to choose the plan that fits them best and will result in better returns for the carriers on the networks that have been built. Then there will also be less focus on the actual use of the network as streaming video or peer-to-peer users will have to pay for the services that they're actually using rather than be subsidized by the users for their gluttony. Very interesting. It is, Mickey, and I think that's definitely the way that things are going to go. And and it is a little bit more fair, too, because if you're using less data, you pay for less data. So if you are a really heavy user, you'll pay a little bit more. Yes, and it may not necessarily be more than what you're paying right now, but it most likely will be. Um, I would imagine some of the really heavy data users will be paying probably up near double what you currently pay for your you know, unlimited slash five gig plan. Well, and this one is, this is actually part of a much bigger topic and that's tiered data pricing. And we have dug into it in pretty specific detail and it is going to be the topic of our conversation for the TCPJ Unlocked show number 54. So if you want to hear more about it, make sure that you're a subscriber to listen to that show. The U.S. Supreme Court has ruled that public organizations such as governments and emergency services now have the right to search text messages sent by its employees. The right requires that a legitimate work-related purpose must exist for the search to be legally conducted. The court heard the case that came from a lawsuit filed by a police officer who felt his rights were violated in an unreasonable search. The department audited the officer's texting use to determine the breakdown of business versus personal use and found explicit messages had been sent. The officer and others involved sued the city, lost, then won on appeal, and have now lost on the highest court's decision. Ultimately, the case sets a precedence for public employers, employers allowing them to search text messages of any employee with a reasonable cause. Boy, if I don't know of a reason to have your own personal phone, if you are provided one by your employer, this is certainly one. Oh, Mickey, it is. You know, there's no question that doing personal business on a business or, you know, company device is just, it's just common sense almost. I mean, I I, I can't believe all the court's time had to be wasted on this sort of thing. Um, You know, I mean, I understand that it's definitely a good precedent to actually have finally set. And I'm not surprised at the decision of the Supreme Court because of the nature of a public employee and the nature of the device that you have. And it's just, it's just interesting though, but yes, Mickey, you really should have a personal device and anybody who's listening, anything you do on electronic device related to your company, including your computer, any web browsing you do, your Blackberry, all of your browsing, all of your text messages, all of your email, everything can and will be, and just, just assume that it's all being looked at and read on a daily basis is really the safe assumption. That's, I think, like I said, there's no better actual, uh, you know, showcase here of why you should have multiple devices. Um, and, and this is something that, I, I mean, I feel this way about everything that is provided to me by a place of business, whether it's a computer 
or a cell phone or whatever it is. You know, it's something that is controlled by that particular organization. And as much as it may feel like yours, it is certainly not. It is part of that company and it is supposed to be used for business related purposes. As much as a company will say, go ahead and use the device for personal use, something like this, you know, can easily happen. So I'm a big proponent of just doing business on business things and doing personal stuff on your personal devices. Absolutely. And, you know, there's, yes. I tell my users, Mickey, at the office to use your phone for personal calls. Go ahead. Um, But if I ended up coming across something that was illegal, of course, I'd have to report that because I can, in fact, look at these things. It's a totally different. It's a totally different use it for personal calls than it is for using your personal phone for personal calls. Um, It's it's something that, of course, the users are um, made aware that things can be tracked and things can be logged. But yes, you have to just assume everything is being looked at. There was an article this week, uh, in fact, talking about that. I think I saw it on Slashdot and a few other places on you know how companies do track. And it's very inexpensive to track um, digitally as far as cell phone records, text messages, calls. And of course, a lot of companies don't really have good official policies on what the actual policy is. And a lot of times, you know, the IT workers just get stuck reading through things and and it's their judgment that becomes how things either come up um, or what's allowed and what's not. So it's, 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 it's a real gray area and just assume everything is being read and just assume everything's being scrutinized. Yeah, no need to get yourself in any trouble. Just be on the safe side and you'll always be safe. A survey of over 2,000 telephone respondents found that 47% of adults who text are doing so behind the wheel. The study released by the Pew Research Center said that adults and teens are equally likely to text while driving. The study also showed that 75% of adults with cell phones talk on the phone while driving, higher than the 52% of teens who said that they've done so. A very interesting story. I find that, you know, I find myself talking a lot on the phone while I'm driving. I'm very cautious, though, with it. I I do a lot of calling over Bluetooth, and I try to be hands-free as much as possible. But texting while driving is just not safe. And if you're doing it right now, cut it out. It could get you in trouble, including, you know, an accident, which you could be seriously injured or worse. Yeah, it is is a very dangerous practice because what happens is you're taking your eyes off the road. Um, It's... You know, you can do it quickly. You know, you can look at the phone quick and then look back at the road. But it takes your time, your eyes time to adjust. And it's one of those things where you kind of, you're thinking about what you're reading and what you're responding with. And then you have to press the buttons to match. And then you're reading the screen to try to make sure you're pressing the right buttons. And all of that takes a lot of time that you're not really conscious of. And as you're driving, you can go quite a large distance uh, in that time that you're actually processing it. It's it's kind of a weird thing because you're not real conscious of that particular time because you're really focused on the phone. So it you know time gets kind of skewed and it becomes very dangerous. And that's why the the texting, um, you know, texting while driving thing is kind of a big deal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, th- there's. There's nothing that can, I, I guess, say, prove, you know, this argument otherwise, like there's any good things that can come out of being a driver of a vehicle and actually manipulating a cell phone keyboard at the same time. It's just, it's, it's not a safe practice. Yeah, it's, it's still, you know, a lot of people say, well, you've, you're distracted by your, you know, changing a radio station, but that is a completely different um, you know, method of, of entry, you know, normally it's just a quick station change, or even if you're rolling the dial to change the, the frequency, 
it's a very quick, okay, I'm at 93, I'm at 94. You, you can keep looking at the road real rapidly. Whereas if you're trying to reply with, you know, the language, you know, trying to type it on a keyboard, looking at the response on the screen, it's, it's a totally different process. There's a reason that the newer GPS systems don't allow you to enter in, you know, information, you know, such as an address or a business name or anything like that while your vehicle is moving. You're so, you know, focused on entering in the actual text of, you know, these, you know, on the screen of the device, uh, whether it's, you know, GPS on a phone or a GPS on whatever it is. So just just be careful and, and do the right thing. Don't text while driving. AT&T's CEO, Randall Stevenson, spoke this week about his network in a television interview, stating that AT&T has almost finished a major upgrade to its network. He noted that the call quality performance is now close to where it should be, and network issues issues should be fully resolved by the end of the summer in large cities such as New York and San Francisco. Good news for AT&T subscribers. AT&T also said that for areas where your AT&T service may not work like you want it to, the company will offer or offers their product called the Microcell. Uh, The Microcell is a femtocell product that connects to your home internet connection, and it costs about $150 and is in most AT&T markets. Now, that is not the real news of the story. The news is that unlike femtocells from the other carriers, AT&T charges you minutes from your plan to use the AT&T service through the microcell. And further, they're also going to deduct mobile data usage from your plan, stating that there is a cost associated with handling the data once it hits the AT&T network from your home internet pipe. Controversial? Yes, though those with unlimited grandfather data plans will not have to worry about the metering. If you use your phone at your house... Keep in mind that you probably also have a Wi-Fi network if you're hooking in a microcell into your home network. So make sure that you've got your phone connected into your Wi-Fi network so that you're not having to use the data that you're paying for when you're at your house. Yeah, and if you don't have a Wi-Fi network at your house, uh, you know, r- uh, routers at um, like Walmart, for example, are in the, the 15 to $20 range. So you could set up a, a Wi-Fi router in your, uh, in your residence there to handle um, a Wi-Fi phone if you have one which would be a recommended uh, option. Yeah, absolutely. This, this is also another kind of interesting you know, topic and one that we threw in with the Unlock show this week. We talked about a lot of different things, and of course, this one tying back into that tiered data usage. So again, uh, on the Unlock show, we dig into this one a lot more as well. During a webcast on 700 megahertz LTE specifications, Verizon confirms that the LTE network rollout is still on schedule. The current plan is still to launch the 25 to 30 markets with LTE service by the end of the year, which will cover 33% of the U.S. population. Verizon also mentioned that they are currently testing services such as SMS over LTE and CDMA to LTE handoffs. No hardware was specifically mentioned, though they did talk about uh, cards that would be used with computers. Well, far from confirmed, it's looking like Verizon may follow AT&T and introduce tiered pricing for its data plans later this year. As the rollout of LTE moves forward, Verizon CFO explains that we will probably need to change the design of our pricing where it will be not totally unlimited flat rate plans like we do have today. Verizon is looking forward to the amount of data traffic on their wireless networks to explode as new 4G devices begin to hit the market. Applications that download video will be prevalent, and the company wants to provide a smooth experience to the customer. And if you guessed about it, yes, we talked about this one on the Unlock Show this week as well. It was a big theme, and so we wanted to make sure that we were able to cover every story that came out for it. 
Verizon terminating and or reprimanding representatives who try to save money. From the consumerist, an internal memo sent to customer service reps spelled out a policy that the company would like to would be less likely to block services for customers. The memo explains uh, that reprimands or even terminations may occur from blocking any of the following services. Those include web access blocks, data blocks, premium SMS blocking, application download blocking, and vcast music or vcast video download blocking. Reps are to upsell customers on data packages instead of offering credits, which they say is because we don't want customers to go over their usage every month and then call us looking for credits. Customers specifically asking for credits, though, will be obliged. And they also said they will. It, it's 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 the for the reps offering to block premium services, not the other way around. If the the customer requests to have a, a service blocked, they will certainly do that for you. So they will no longer be offering that to people who who say, "Oh, I don't want text messaging." Um, uh, you know, a rep in the past, uh, I've had this happen with Verizon. Oh, would you like me to block that service to keep that from happening, or to be charged for incoming SMSs? You know, because you're charged for incoming and outgoing. And uh, I always actually did that on Verizon, especially back before text messaging was uh, pretty common. Um, and then, of course, block premium data and block uh, some of that other services you got. Because I've had that happen on a Sprint phone where somebody got subscribed to one of those $10 a month services. That's completely a joke. It's a third party thing. It's some, you know, game cheat code thing that they have no idea where it came from. Um, but, yeah, you just be aware that these things are out there that you can have blocked but then now you won't be getting offered those. Mm. Uh, that's a, a, a good point to clarify. And uh, obviously, just if you're looking to block something, ask for it. They'll still do it. They're just not going to be offering it like Joey says. Just weeks after the AT&T announcement that is starting the tiered pricing plans for uh, AT&T, Sprint Nextel announced this week that they would not be throttling or limiting its subscribers' speeds. Sprint did say that they would consider suspension of accounts for those subscribers that used an excessive amount of data while roaming. And according to Sprint PR, Sprint does not nor plan to limit speeds nor change a customer's ability to use any particular application or internet site. The customer would be able to choose a plan if they did happen to have their account suspended for off-network roaming, though. Uh, The plan changes are expected to arrive for the middle of July. Yeah, because there was a supposedly a, um, a, a like a sheet from a presentation that came out this week that said they were going to be throttling speeds. So that's kind of where all this this you know sprint was going to be introducing this. But you know they went and claimed that it was going to be for some other like data cards and not the smartphone users. And we'll see where that goes with that. I mean, a lot of times they announce these strategies, but they seem to backpedal a lot from them. Well, and, and true, they're coming into some, some new territory here. They've got 4G services just coming online as well, and uh, including now the, the markets of New York City, L.A., and San Francisco. And Gadget has been able to confirm that one of its EVO, or Evo units uh, has been receiving a 4G signal. No data service is available yet, but it's seeing the signal. Reports are starting to surface of the same behavior occurring in LA and San Francisco as well. So again, Sprint has a lot of stuff going on here, and, and I can see them looking at that. You know, hey, we're going to have 4G speeds coming on in some of these major markets. We have to decide what we're going to do here. AT&T 
has you know thrown the gauntlet down here, and, and so we know where they stand. So they're saying, hey, we're not going to throttle it, but uh, we'll see what happens here, especially while roaming. That's an interesting one. T-Mobile announcing in a press release that they're expanding their HSPA Plus network to 25 cities by the end of the month. The markets receiving the upgrade will include L.A., Dallas, Atlanta, Houston, Seattle, Tampa, Orlando, Pittsburgh, Charlotte, Greensboro, Winston-Salem, Oklahoma City, Tulsa, New Orleans, and Charleston. The cities join New York, Philadelphia, Las Vegas, Memphis, upstate New York, Connecticut, Providence, and Washington, D.C., which already have the HSPA Plus service available. T-Mobile also said that it is still on target to have 100 major markets and 185 million people covered by the fastest wireless speeds that they currently offer by the end of the year. And and T-Mobile is referring to this as 4G speed, um, which it basically is um, in in all sense. I mean, it is a good chunk faster than a kind of a typical 3g so it's a it's tough to say it's not a fourth generation underlying technology but it is definitely a revision uh, of the of the of the 3g technology so it's it's in between there and they say that if you want a specific device for your laptop they have the web connect rocket usb laptop stick that's available plus 15 3g smartphones that can take advantage of the high speeds including the new nokia e73 mode yeah, and if uh, you want to hear more talk about this, we talked about this in Unlock Show just a couple weeks ago. Two weeks ago, I believe. Yep, absolutely. So we, 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 we've covered a lot of these issues in the past and go into them in a lot of depth. So if you want to hear more, the Unlock Show is definitely a great way to go. According to a message on their Twitter account, Starbucks will begin offering free Wi-Fi at all U.S. locations starting July 1st. No registration will be required Though I can imagine a lot more people will be taking their laptops to Starbucks now, which I can see is uh, dragging down the speeds of that network. So uh, use sparingly. <laughs> use sparingly. I think um, I think it'll probably be good for Starbucks. They really realize that uh, people uh, like having their data access while they're having their coffee as well. They just they just basically go hand in hand now, and it's kind of come you know become an expectation to, to have that. I mean, when you can do that at McDonald's, it's quite uh, it's it's quite a nice thing to have. Um, I've heard that we're going to be seeing some ads coming to their network, though. Uh, I don't know if that's entirely the case, but I did hear a report or a news story about that where they're going to they're going to start inserting here, not right away, but to, will be uh, ad driven to in order to pay for this. Yeah, if there's a reason to you know to use the network, though, I'm sure you're going to be okay with an occasional ad or two. At least, hopefully, you will be. If not, of course, you know, use your 3G enabled smartphone. Uh, or possibly a tethering plan that comes with your device to be able to take advantage of you know the great speeds that are offered uh, in that area. Well, thanks to our first sponsor, Netflix. Help support the cell phone junkie by signing up for a two-week free trial. Plans start at $4.99 per month, 100,000 titles to choose from. Keep each movie as long as you want, no late fees ever. Free shipping both ways, free delivery in about one business day. Cancel any time, and as a bonus to your DVDs, watch some of the movies over the internet. No additional charge for that service. Joey and I appreciate your support of the show by signing up for your free trial of Netflix. Well, I'm definitely on a Sopranos kick as of late, watching a bunch of season three episodes on the DVDs this week. So that was uh, that was what I was doing with Netflix this week and loving every minute of it. I was still watching Strangers with Candy uh, on the instant streaming. Um, I, I know I also got the uh, Mad Men DVD uh, season three coming. That's a very good show. Some new uh, stuff here from Netflix this week. Come November, you'll be able to search Netflix streaming content on your Xbox. I, I don't have an Xbox. I know you do, or do you? Have, no, no, I have the old Xbox. This will be for the Xbox 360. 
Um, okay. This functionality is similar to what you can do with the Wii. Uh, the Wii, you can actually do some uh, content searching. As far, It's not just limited to your instant queue like the Roku used to be. And I know like some of the, uh, what is it, a Samsung Blu-ray players, uh, some of the Blu-ray players that have Netflix streaming built in, it's just the instant queue. Um, the Wii, I'm, I'm now trying to think if I can actually do an on-screen keyboard and type in an, uh, an, in a name. I don't know if I can do that now that I think about it. I, I, I didn't look at that part of it uh, that much, but I know I can on the Roku now. Yeah, you know what? Now that I think about it, I know you can search, but I guess that's just searching by category, right? And then yeah, you can... yeah. You have the categories, which for me covers most of it. But sure. if you're looking for a specific title, then I, I, I just don't remember. Yeah, I, I don't either. I guess I haven't really used it all that much. I've got a, you know, a media center that I, yeah, I do. Yeah, and that's so. what I do too. The, the 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 TV that I have the Wii sitting on, I've got a full fledged computer there, <laughs> exactly. so I I just end up using that. Yeah, I do too. But you know, for not everyone has a media center, so the Wii, you know, version, you know, functionality, and now the Xbox functionality that will be coming. This is, uh, you know, it's great news. Just another reason to get a Netflix account uh, for all the great ways that you can stream the movies. The iPhone 4 pre-order debacle. That's what I'm going to call this one. Major server issues, lots of frustration for consumers. Orders started going through just after midnight this past Tuesday, but it didn't last long. Most of the country woke up on Tuesday trying to order their own iPhone 4, met with server errors, timeouts, and general frustration. Based on Apple.com, only the black version of the iPhone 4 was available for the iPhone, uh, or excuse me, the June 24th launch. Apple lists the white version as unavailable for pre-order and in-store pickup. There's no date of availability yet set. Those who could get through had the choice between in-store pickup or a June 24th delivery date to their home. I personally experienced a lot of this. I spent a few hours trying to get my order to go through both on Apple and AT&T's websites. My wife, though, was able to reserve one through the new Apple Store application, which was released just in time to place orders, though. There were some issues with this as well. We got the error. We're sorry. Your reservation system is not responding. Please try again later or visit an Apple retail store. But finally, we're able to book the reservation. Uh, it was uh, unfortunately, though, you weren't showing qualified as a discount. So the confirmation message that you received showed that the phone that you had set for pre-order for pickup of the device was for the full price of it. So the $600 price point, just all sorts of issues coming out first thing in the morning from Apple and AT&T. Yeah, it really seemed like they did a little bit of, uh, they forgot to plan for this one. Um, I think they they expected um, a lot less people to want to sign up for the iPhone 4. I, I think they're kind of going on the, the, the popularity of the 3GS. And obviously now that we've got a lot of people getting out of their contracts and, and getting time to renew where they've had probably an iPhone 3G um, maybe they skipped the iPhone 3GS because it wasn't that big of an upgrade. And I think they were expecting a lot less people to, to, to jump to the new iPhone. And I think uh, with the features they added this year, it's really a, a, you know, a consumer hit, um, and, and rightfully so. And they just didn't plan for it. And on the flip side of the things, I don't think they wanted to plan for it. I think they love when this happens because look at how much press they've got <laughs> in uh, the, the, you know, the demand for the iPhone. Oh, we've got this great phone. Oh, it's so sold out. We can't even, can't even place orders because the deluge of people, you know, bogging down the servers. I mean, it hits all the major news outlets, hits CNN, hits everything. And all this free press for this phone that everybody wants to get that nobody can get because it's sold out again. So, you know, I, I don't know how much of lack of planning that actually went into this uh, pre-order debacle. 
Well, ultimately, I ended up going into an AT&T store and ordering both of my devices. I got, uh, I got two of them, one for me and one for my wife. 16 gigabyte, obviously, black models. I'll have them shipped. They'll be here on Thursday. So we'll, uh, we'll have those. Um, but you, if you couldn't get through on Apple or AT&T, you could have pre-ordered it in person at Best Buy, Radio Shack, or AT&T like I did. Um, Apple had given up by midday and told people, hey, go into a store to order because you're not going to figure it out online here. Um, and then by midday, about 1.30 p.m. on Tuesday, uh, Pacific time that is, uh, the, uh, all of the, the iPhones that AT&T had available for shipment were spoken for. Uh, AT&T said, because of the incredible interest, today was our busiest online sales day in AT&T history. As of Tuesday afternoon, customers who are pre-ordering the iPhone 4 will receive their device on June 25th or later, depending on when it was placed. We will email customers with confirmation once the order has been placed and again when it ships. In addition, we will have the devices available on a first-come, first-served basis in the store starting on the 24th of June. Both AT&T and Apple's online ordering systems were totally swamped by this thing. It was just unbelievable. And uh, if you go right now to do it, uh, your phone order has been shipped out. uh, It says ships now by the, the 14th of July. So we're talking three, four weeks from now. I mean, this is amazing the amount of uh, interest that they've had in this device yeah it's i think it, it i think it did blow away the 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 expectation i'm, I'm sure um just because that that date kept changing for the the ship date for the iphone and um i, I do think that's pretty amazing and I, i'm a little surprised they didn't launch with the white one that's kind of weird that they backed that but they've done that in the past mickey haven't they where they they, they don't have all the models available I think they're just trying to get out what they can, and black seems to be the more popular color. And so they said, "Hey, you know, let's uh, let's go ahead and put these uh, put these ones out, and we'll get to white eventually." Though for those that really want a white, but then really wanted a phone, are you going to buy two? I don't know. I mean, it's I don't. It's it's a tough one. Anyway, six hundred thousand orders were taken. These are pre-orders. These aren't even like first sold, you know, like the first day this phone came out. Six hundred thousand pre-orders is what AT and T is stating happened in their system which you got to wonder how how they didn't uh they didn't anticipate that coming you know are we going to in the future see a pre-pre-order like uh sign up for an email once it's available for pre-order or how they're going to manage this into the future you say they they're excited about it i think apple's probably furious i mean they want to get these devices into the hands of everybody that they can they know it's going to be popular at&t i think just dropped the ball yeah, most likely. I mean, I'm kind of, you know, the, the conspiracy theory, I kind of like throwing those out sometimes. But yeah, I, it's it is poor planning. I mean, you do not want to have a frustrated customer uh, that's complaining about not being able to get an order through where it should be just a couple clicks here and there, not get all the way through the order process after how many minutes, then find out the reservation doesn't take. That error message should be on the front side of that reservation. Right when you go into the site, it should say, sorry, I'm overloaded. I can't do this at this time, which of course is an unacceptable error message uh, when you're dealing with something like a, a web order because you just expect it to work. Um, it, it's, uh, it, it, is, it is very frustrating. I made it all the way up into I had entered in my credit card information on AT&T's site and went to hit the button and then I got this internal server error. I really didn't even know if the order went through or not, but it was at that point where I just literally got up, walked away from my computer, hopped on my car and drove to AT&T because it was just like, I, I just, I want to get this phone. I want to play with it. I want to see what it's all about. I'm excited for the screen. I'll tell you that. I don't know if it's going to ultimately going to be a device that I end up keeping, but it seems like a, you know, like a pretty good upgrade for it. So We'll see. Anyway, Mac Rumors reporting that the new phone will have two times the memory of the 3GS or the iPad. Now with 512 megs, 
The additional memory, of course, will assist with the new multitasking features of the iOS 4 and the overall performance of the device. And this is RAM memory, not necessarily... Me- this isn't storage memory. This is the working memory that the phone uses to, to swap data in and out and to use for browsing as it's as you're running it. So it's uh, it's directly associated like with the memory on your computer, the, the amount of random access memory. Think about this, though. We've now see, and this is not the first phone, but the first one that's gotten this much coverage. One gigahertz Apple A4 chip with 512 megs of RAM built into it. Think about maybe, what, 10 years ago, we were seeing our desktop computers with one gigahertz processors, 512 megs of memory. I mean, 10 years, and we've come from a desktop computer that's the size of well, a desktop computer, to a, a phone that has the exact same specifications. I mean, that's that's pretty wild to think about. Anyway, looking to get an iPhone here in uh, Canada, or you live in Canada, uh, you're going to have the option of uh, getting one without a contract. Apple is offering iPhones at subsidized prices. Just like the UK, they're doing the same thing. The option for a reduced initial price with a contract directly from a wireless carrier is also offered if you opt to sign up for a contract with that provider. Some pricing, uh, different policies and different things are happening in these different countries. It's too much for us to go into all the details about it, but uh, BGR specifically has done a nice article on the pricing and availability specifically for the UK. So uh, check those out if you're interested. It really seems like they're um, uh, having a lot more unlocked iPhones available in many more countries than we've seen in the past. Is that is that your feeling too, Mickey? They're, what they're doing is they're, for the countries that are now seeing non-exclusive rights for one carrier, they're offering this unlocked device, and so then you can get it. And I think Canada is doing it the right way. You can buy it unlocked, and then you can go sign up for a, a contract if you want with a carrier that you have, and they'll give you a subsidy on it. But if you don't, then you can go ahead and uh, just get a SIM and a prepaid model or whatever it is and just use it. This is not something that we're seeing, though, from any of the other or from any of the carriers here in AT and uh, the U.S. It's obviously just AT&T. Well, and for the most part here, there'd be no point in having unlocked one unless you just wanted to make just voice calls. Um, so there's no reason to even have an unlocked phone here in the U.S. because there's just the one carrier that supports the the 3G data, and that's that's what the real big disappointment is is for you know for GSM users here uh, that eight, uh, that T-Mobile's 3G is on a different frequency spectrum. It, it's so to me, even though I'm not a T-Mobile or AT&T user, to me this is just so disappointing to reinforce the the locked phone concept that we've got, you know, with Sprint and Verizon, the other two big carriers. Well, if the GSM aspect of it is a disappointment to you, more CDMA iPhone rumors this time from Digitimes. Pegatron is reported to start shipping a CDMA version of the iPhone 4 in the fourth quarter, according to Pegatron. Apparently, factories in Shanghai, China are the ones that are working on it. Sources say that the phones would be announced with the anticipated iPhone, excuse me, iPod refresh refresh press conference that occurs each fall. And they're saying that they will be in the hands of consumers by the holiday season. So maybe that'll make you a little bit happier. It could be. Uh, that's a very interesting. I mean, all these rumors really keep kind of coming down to this late in the year, uh, re- uh, you know, announcement or or release of this uh, this mythical CDMA iPhone. It's very very interesting. I I, I don't know if we're going to actually see an iPhone Mickey or if we're just going to see an iPad. I mean, that's now a, a potential because you know if you've got these rumors and you're building an Apple, you know, let's say it's an A4 based device. You build the little chipset. You build that circuit board. You've seen the we've seen the pictures of the teardowns of the iPad circuit boards. It looks like the iPhone circuit board. So 
there could be some confusion here based on model numbers and, of course, the obscurity that Apple uses to try to hide what they're doing to even vendors who are building things. It could be the iPad CDMA that what we're going to see because because of because of these uh, you know circumstances that are going into it. But we're gonna we're gonna be seeing something here because all these rumors just keep piling on for this particular date and 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 uh, along that with that we'll see the iPod Touch uh, refresh what fourth generation it's going to uh-huh. be and I I know we've seen uh, I, I've seen a few pictures of camera based shells so that'll be really really nice for iPod Touch users. I'm sticking to my guns. I I still think something CDMA based is coming out from Apple in the 2010 year. I, I don't know now if it is the iPad, like you say, or of an iPhone, but I stink, I, I do think something's going to happen. Wait, I, you know, with how many rumors we've seen, uh, it's going to be either the iPad or the iPhone, I, I think pretty much for sure. Yeah. Anyway, last iPhone 4 story, and we can move on with our lives. They are starting to ship. Some orders, though, are getting canceled. Uh, some people were getting emails today saying, that AT&T's uh, sent them an email saying, your iPhone order has been canceled. Your credit card has not been charged. If you believe that you have received this email in error, please return to AT&T where you placed your order. And Apple stating that we were unable to complete the authorization process for your iPhone order. And as a result, we had to cancel your iPhone order. You can complete the purchase. Visit an Apple retail store or an AT&T company-owned retail store. We apologize for the inconvenience. So that's not good. If you made your order earlier this week, I thought you were going to get it come this Thursday. You may not be now. No, that's really disappointing. And, and you know, the way those are written, it kind of gives me the feeling that maybe there's some sort of credit card denial and or maybe a, an account denial, like your past due or, or something like that with your AT&T account or the credit card couldn't be charged due to, you know, being over a credit limit or some sort of, uh, you know, block on, uh, you know, like a, a security block, you know, some credit cards do that where if a strange large charge is, you know, going to post your account, they, they ho- put a hold on it or something like that. That's just what this kind of gives me a feeling of, but we haven't really seen any confirmation on this yet. Yeah. It's who knows what, what ultimately has happened with some of these, they could be isolated. It could be a bigger issue than that. We don't really know. All we know, people are getting shipment notifications, though, so Apple is starting to send these out. It is getting shipped uh, via FedEx, so if you ordered one, look for FedEx to show up at your door, because that's uh, who's going to be delivering it. All right, moving on here. Palm says a new OS version and a device are on the way. Without any specifics, Palm made the following statement on a developer's webinar at AT AT&T. Quote, I am not allowed to talk about future roadmaps, especially because we are in the process of being acquired by HP. So I can't say, but yes, we have a roadmap. We are working on future devices and a new version of the OS. So think you're going to, I think you're going to be uh, fine the next year. Very exciting. Uh, the full webinar containing a, uh, the comment was posted on the AT&T developer website. Yeah. And that's really disappointing for me that they're saying next year, um, we're you know they're expecting the pre and the 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 pixie here to to tide them over for an entire year here i i I don't think we're going to see anything this year um which to me that's really letting it uh, stagnant yeah they, they the two devices that they have are decent but they were decent in 2009 2010, we need to see something, uh, you know, if we're not seeing a, a product refresh every 12 months here, we're falling behind, right? I mean, that's that's just the smartphone market today. Well, it is right at the moment. And, you know, especially when you're trying to compete with the likes of Apple, I, I don't think they should try to compete with Apple. 
However, right now with the Android thing, that is where you really should be trying to stay somewhat competitive because that's, that is kind of what their competition was up until this iOS 4 here with the at least the limited multitasking that they're now releasing. It's, um, it, it, it's really tough for me to see that Palm is just, they're, they're, they're still missing the boat again. I, I could understand if we're going to have a, a late summer release of a new phone, you know, put a, push an 18-month cycle out. That, I mean, that's okay. But still, we've seen no rumors, no pictures of any device that, that are, that's up and coming. I just don't think there is one. I, I think you're absolutely right. I think, uh, you know, at this point, we're, we're hoping for something, but it's just, it's not there, you know? Um, anyway, uh, we'll, we'll have some good news for you webOS users, though, in the software section. So hang on just a second for that. Crackberry.com has sources that are now claiming the Bold 9800, the portrait sliding handset rumored to be coming from RIM, will launch under the brand name Torch. No word from RIM on a timeline for the phone or final specifications. Announced at the Nokia Connection event in Singapore this week, the Nokia X5-01 is set to fill the gap between the X3 and the X8. The square-shaped full QWERTY slider specifications include a 2.3-inch display, S60 3rd edition, 5-megapixel camera, LED flash, spin-to-shuffle music player, 2-gigabyte microSD card, quad-band GSM, and two HSPA configurations, Bluetooth, Wi-Fi, available in pink, blue, black, yellow, and purple, coming in the third quarter to Indonesia and other markets by the end of the year. Price will be about $200 US. Well, after seeing the device in the behind-the-scenes video last week, the HTC Aria was officially announced by AT&T. The Aria is an Android 2.1 device with a 2.3-inch screen, 320 by 480 pixel resolution. Other features include the HTC Sense UI, 5-megapixel camera, 2-gigabyte micro SD card, optical trackpad, and available on the 20th of June, that is today. The Motorola Droid X set to be announced on June 23rd. Verizon announced a press event this coming Wednesday showing off the next generation of Droid handsets. In attendance include Motorola, Adobe, Google, and of course Verizon. And Gadget says that the Droid X has a 4.4-inch FWVGA display, which is 854 by 480 Android 2.1 and some sort of moto blur, perhaps the ninja blur skin that we've heard about an eight megapixel camera. will also uh, record 720p video and we'll have a one gigahertz arm V seven processor Thursday afternoon. Motorola and Verizon uh, revealed a website indicating that the droid X is indeed the device to come out. The specifications mentioned by Engadget were correct. And we'll find out more about this phone this Wednesday. Wow, these uh, the new round of um, uh, Android phones are coming here. We've got just an, another series here of brand new refreshes that are going to be very exciting here. And I have a feeling we're going to see another round at the end of the year before the uh, the holiday buying season. How do you feel about the screen size that, say, that the Droid X here and the Evo have? Uh, you know, a 4.3, 4.4 inch screen, that is, that's really big. I feel like that's verging. Any, anything above four inches, I just think is, is a little bit too big for a cell phone. You know, I really kind of tend to agree with you, Mickey. I, I don't, I, you know, since I haven't had one in my pocket, I can't tell you exactly what I feel about it and, and if it's, if it's for me or not. To me, that that feels like it's too big, just just based on the size, you know, how it looks. It's absolutely stunning to look at one of these things, uh, you know, in the pictures and seeing them. But, uh, you know, for my usage of a cell phone, that's completely wasted screen space, wasted battery life, and just too bulky. 
Um, so yeah, I kind of would tend to to, to want to stick with a slightly smaller screen. I think all the Evo users out there would totally disagree with you and would disagree with me that this is that it's too big. But you know what? To each their own. Well, and exactly. And when you're dealing with Android, which you know, touch based OS, having a much bigger screen where you can put your big fingers on and move things around and have much easier navigation. I bet you it's infinitely better to have a bigger screen because it just makes that that much easier to type on the screen. I can only imagine how much of an improvement that is. Um, so yeah, it's 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 definitely a different style OS in a different kind of screen to give you that extra you know ease of use, especially if you had big fingers. I bet you it's just great. You're absolutely right. Just it's again, it's a it's a very you know, individual decision that you're making with the screen size of your device. The Droid line now for Verizon will have three separate devices, the Droid, the Incredible, and the X. So good news for those that want to make a choice. There is some choice for you by going with Verizon. Through its Twitter account, HTC announced that the Desire would be coming to select regional carriers in August. Shortly after a post on their Twitter account, Cellular South announced that they would carry the Desire soon. The Desire features a 1 gigahertz Qualcomm Snapdragon processor and will likely have Android 2.1. Now, finally, now we're going to start seeing some smartphones on smaller regional carriers because of the price that HTC, you know, or other, you know, manufacturers can now sell these, you know, down into the very cheap, you know, price range because they move so many other units. And of course, the cost of the operating system to them, which is nothing. Uh, this is really good for consumers in the, the rural markets. I'm excited about it. I think, you know, the Desire is a great device. And if you're looking for the latest and greatest and you're on someone like a Cellular South because they offer the best coverage in your area, great news to have this one out. Sony Ericsson announced the Xperia X8, formerly known as the Shakira. It comes with a 3-inch HVGA display, uh, 3.2 megapixel camera, AGPS, Wi-Fi, 600 megahertz processor, and Android 1.6. No word on when the device will be coming to the U.S., but a variant with 850 and 1900 megahertz HSDPA bands means it should be very soon. AT&T announced that they will offer the Samsung Galaxy S as the Captivate later this summer. The Captivate will have a 1 gigahertz Hummingbird processor made by Samsung. It will run Android 2.1 and feature a 4-inch WVGA Super AMOLED screen. The Galaxy S can play HD videos at a 720p resolution, and the phone will be compatible with DLNA devices, allowing users to connect with home theater equipment. The Captivate has a 5-megapixel camera with autofocus and HD video capture on the back and a front-facing VGA camera for video conferencing. Other features include Bluetooth 3.0, 802.11b, GNN, Wi-Fi, GPS, 16 gigs of internal storage, and Samsung's social hub software. Now, an interesting twist to this is that the Samsung Galaxy S appears to not have that front-facing camera on it, uh, or the Captivate uh, versus the Samsung Galaxy S. So we're going to have to see what happens with that one, though all the other features of the Galaxy S do appear on the Captivate. It also has a GSM slash Edge uh, radio in it with tri-band HSPA at 7.2 megabits per second. AT&T said it will be available later this summer. Pricing has yet to be revealed. Best Buy sent out a press release late in the week announcing that it would be an exclusive provider of the HTC Evo 4G on Sprint in white. Starting on June 18th, Best Buy started taking pre-orders for the white version of the phone and will have other devices in store starting on July 11th. Retail price is $199 with a new two-year agreement 
and the new premium data add-on plan. Sprint seems to be having issues keeping up with the demand of the Evo as the website shows it is out of stock yet again. If you're desperate to get your hands on the latest in the Android Army for Sprint, though, check your local Sprint, Best Buy, and Radio Shack stores as some units may still be available. Two new devices announced this week from Sony Ericsson, both available in the third quarter in varying markets. First, the Xperia X8, showing off the same user interface as the others in Sony's Android line. 3.2 megapixel camera, stereo Bluetooth support for MS Exchange, GPS 3-inch screen, Wi-Fi quad band GSM Edge with with HSPA on the 800 and 1900 bands, and also internationally on 2100. The Cedar, a candy bar style handset with a 2 megapixel camera, FM radio, Bluetooth, 3.5 millimeter headphone jack, and support for quad band Edge with HSPA on those same three uh, HSPA bands, made from recycled materials and comes with a low power charger. With a focus on keeping things simple, AT&T and Pantech announced the new Pantech Ease this week. The Ease is created with two different models, the Ease and the Advanced. They appeal to a wide range of users. The menu system in the Easy mode will feature menus designed uh, with features designed for users who seek simplicity in their wireless device. Other features include 3.2-inch touchscreen, full QWERTY keyboard, 7.2 megabit per second HSPA, AT&T navigator, speech-to-text dictation, and a pedometer. These will be available on June 20th for $120 in AT&T's, offering a $50 mail-in rebate for a AT&T promotional card. Two new models of the Samsung Wave were announced this past Tuesday. Both the Wave 2 and the Wave 2 Pro have 3.2-inch WQVGA screens, 3 megapixel cameras, Wi-Fi, GPS, quad band edge, and the TouchWiz UI. The Wave 2 Pro features a sliding QWERTY keyboard, both available in August in Russian, or excuse me, Russia and Southeast Asia in white, black, and pink. Clearwire rolled out three new products to help you take advantage of the Clear 4G network. The new products include the ClearSpot 4G, ClearSpot 4G Plus, and the Mac-friendly Clear 4G Plus mobile USB stick. The first two are rebranded MiFi and OverDrive devices, one that only works with 4G and the Plus model riding on the Sprint 3G network when needed. Prices for the 3G devices range from $100 to $225 with options to lease the equipment. Also available, the hotspot device will ship in July and the USB stick available today. Software news in a moment, but first another way you can support the cell phone junkie you enjoy this show, so help us out by subscribing to TCPJ Unlocked. It's our bi-monthly premium podcast. It's only $5 a month or $45 for the entire year. You can keep this show coming to you each and every week. Sign up is easy. Visit thecellphonejunkie.com. Click on the link on the right side for TCPJ Unlocked. Then click subscribe to premium content and follow the instructions to get signed up. Thanks to all the TCPJ Unlock subscribers that listen to our show each and every week. Verizon's BlackBerry 2 or 9630 users are getting an OS update. The update to 5.0.0.732 is an update from Verizon Wireless, and it features both wireless and desktop installs. For over-the-air updates, users can go to Options, Advanced Options, Wireless Update, and then to their see their BlackBerry if there's an update available for them. Yeah, and I think there's also a update for the bold, or or maybe an update coming for the bold real, uh, real soon too. Well, uh, it would certainly make sense here. We've got the ninety six thirty update coming out, so you know we had a, the sprint version of the ninety six fifty come out, and an update two weeks later, maybe Verizon will do the same. 
Yeah, and it seems like most of the ones that got shipped uh, were the already the updated version, the point six nine nine for the 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 uh, sprint version of the bold. And mm-hmm. it looks like now Verizon users are jumping to seven point three two. I believe now seven. That's the one for tour. So it's like seven point three nine or something. It's it's really close to this uh, seven hundred series update that the tour is getting for Verizon. Well, either way, updates coming for the Blackberries on Verizon. Good news for those that are out there using them. HTC's European website has listed an over-the-air update for the HTC Hero device, bringing them to Android 2.1, the Hero, a wildly successful device in many European countries. The update is being pushed out to devices over the next few days. Hit up the link in the notes that we'll put in if you want to read more about that. RIM announcing version 2.0 this week of its application store, known as the App World. The primary new feature of the upgrade is support for carrier billing, allowing customers to have any apps purchased Build directly to their wireless account versus PayPal or a credit card. A few minor UI changes can also be seen, including improved search, more information on currently installed applications, and support for QR barcodes. RIM also introduced a service called BlackBerry ID, creating one primary BlackBerry account that can be transferred between devices and carriers. The release date for the updates has not yet been set, but I am pretty excited to see that we're going to be coming out here with this BlackBerry ID service so you don't have to mess around with buying and sliding over applications every time you get a new berry. Software keyboard developer Swipe announced that its beta Android version is now available as a free download for a limited time. Swipe is a touch-style keyboard replacement for the user uh, to slide their finger across the keyboard from letter to letter of a word, releasing it once they have selected it. It's an interesting way to enter in text on the keyboard. That's the best way I can put it. I had a little bit of trouble kind of figuring it out, but after you do, uh, you're using your device very, very quickly. The Swipe developers can show you in some videos if you pop on YouTube and search for Swipe, you'll see some pretty amazing stuff. It's a unique way to do it. Um, It's interesting for some people. Uh, I'll just leave it at that. Yeah, to me, it looks ultra cheesy. But I guess, you know, if you, you know, to put the time in to learn it, it, I guess it can be faster, especially, you know, for me, it's like I've got a, the, the hard QWERTY keyboard. So, you know, it makes no sense for me. But if I did have a touchscreen device and you're just kind of aiming in the general directions of the of the letters you're doing based on the track that you're taking, you know, I can see that uh, with with a good enough algorithm running in the back that that really could save you some time. Yeah, I suppose, though, I, I just I never really felt like it was it was real easy to do. And also, you know, depending on the amount of, we'll just say, grease or oil you have on your hands and the amount on your screen, it can be easy, it can be tough, it can be weird, it can, I, I don't know. Yeah, the conditions can change. Um, maybe it's better on Android, too. That's, that, that's definitely a, a possibility, you know, with upgrades, and I'm sure it'll always improve sure i I, whatever anyway swipe for android Uh, uh now available (laughs) okay number of sites reporting this week that the htc sense interface found on many android devices from uh, htc is storing images of web pages that a user has bookmarked on the micro sd card since the external card is rarely wiped when the factory reset is done the images are stored in a hidden folder called dot bookmark underscore thumb one the user could have their favorite websites revealed should they not completely wipe the card if they ever get rid of the device or take the card out to use it for something else? HTC released an announcement uh, late in the week stating that they have identified the root cause of the lack of deletion of the web page thumbnails after a factory reset and is creating an update that will eliminate the issue. Though in the meantime, you can manually delete the thumbnails by going to the settings menu, select SD card and phone storage, then select format phone storage. This will delete everything on the card, including all of those hidden bookmarks. 
Again, this is for the HTC Sense interface, and it allows for um, a very you know easy, smooth way to go through and find your favorite websites as you're you know browsing around on the device. It's just taking a quick thumbnail. Uh, security issue, maybe big deal for most people, probably not. Yeah, you're you're right, Mickey. It, it probably isn't a big deal because um, there's a possibility of you having a username showing on one of these on these one of these screenshots or some you know password, for example, to be showing. Uh, the the you know the the micro SD isn't that big of an issue because you can take it with you. But the the phones that only have internal memories where the big issue is because when you do a format. Uh, on the phone, it actually does not delete that memory. So it will stick to the phone even after it's been wiped. So that's where the real big issue comes in. Yeah, that's that's very true. I, I guess, uh, you know, for those that are concerned, again, go in and, and do that process and do format phone storage if you're getting rid of your device and uh, you'll be all set. Yeah, and in, just shortly they'll release a patch to the operating system where it won't do this in this locked up memory or the wipe will wipe this out. So uh, within a matter of a couple months, this will be a non-issue. Very true. Apple spun off a device tracking system that they call Find My iPhone this week into its own application and is now available as a free download from the App Store. If your iPhone or iPad goes missing, you can install this application on any other iPhone, iPad, or iPod Touch and log into your MobileMe account, and you will be able to find it. Once located, the app places its location on a map. From there, you can display a message on the iPhone or iPad screen, have it play a sound, and remotely lock it or even wipe it. Download this new application for your device from the App Store, and to use Find My iPhone on your Mac or PC, go to me.com slash find. And as a reminder, be sure to set up MobileMe and to find your iPhone on all your devices that you want to locate it if you uh, want to take advantage of this service on all of your iThings. <laughs> iThings. That is such a cool thing. I, I love the, 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 the concept of that. I like how you can play a sound if silenced. You can remote mm-hmm. lock it or remote wipe it. Because, I mean, I can imagine you, you know, losing it in a field somewhere. It's sitting under a <laughs> pile of, uh, you know, grass or something. And, you know, it's there. You're calling it and it's vibrating. It's not going to do <laughs> right. any good. But uh, flip it on. You can see it on the map. You're like, OK, it's in that field. But where is it in that field? Oh, play a sound. Let me hear it. I, I just love it. I think that's so cool. I want to know where Joey's going that he's leaving phones <laughs> in a know. field. I just, I just think of a field or something where it, where it makes it. Well, for me, it, it usually ends up under a pile of clothes where I can't <laughs> sure. quite hear it vibrating. So. It is good, though, that you can have it play a sound even when silenced. I, I you know, it's funny. My all of my devices seem to find themselves in a constant vibrate mode. I just don't. Yes, same here. Don't ever like to hear a ringer. But anyway, uh, nonetheless, you have to have a MobileMe account to take advantage of this. So a uh, sign up will be required uh, if you do not have one currently. A software update at the end of the week for the Verizon Touch Pro 2 included in the update to ROM 4.01.605.15 includes uh, operating system 6.5, comma 2. Com 2.5, excuse me. HTC Sense user interface has been improved, improved auto config, word prediction, enhanced on screen keyboards, and quick setup of common email account types as an option to set up an email account manually. Head over to Verizon for the update or just click on the link that we'll provide in the notes. Palm has made a move that was sure to please WebOS customers and software developers at the same time, announcing the start of a three week long promotion, cutting the price of all applications by 50%. Through July 9th, purchase any application in the app catalog, and Palm is paying for half of it. This means that developers will get the full cut that they deserved of the purchase in full. So great news for both. 
I have a feeling I actually I think this may also apply to uh, the Palm OS, the old uh, like Centros and Trios. I think this may apply to as well. I'm not entirely sure of that, but I, I thought I saw an email to that uh, respect. Well, this is a this is great news. If you've been waiting to purchase, you know, some sort of application, or maybe you've got a bunch that you were thinking about, now is the time to buy them. Fifty percent off. Palm is subsidizing it, so you don't have to feel bad that a developer may not get the full amount. They're get they're still getting their full. What is it? Seventy percent of uh, whatever the cost of it is. So basically, Palm is uh, giving up their part of their percentage or all of their percentage and, and subsidizing a little bit of it. So just a way to try and kickstart the webOS for those that have it here. And hopefully the app developers will continue to create great apps for the operating system. Questions and comments this week. First question from Ryan. He says, Mickey, I live in a Verizon dominated area with no AT&T 3G service near where I live. And well, I'm hoping for AT&T to get their act together. Well, I can use unsecured hotspots for data in a lot of places around me. It's just not the same as using 3G and not having to use the edge network as a fallback. I also think that the call quality of UMTS is far better than what it is on uh, 3G, meaning 3G for uh, CDMA. In the St. Louis metro area, AT&T 3G is great as far as the speed and connectivity. I just wish that it would offer it at similar levels in my hometown of Chester, Illinois. Well, uh, now, while I know that you don't have any local knowledge of the area, do you know when AT&T will have out to all of their population markets upgraded service to 3G. AT&T has to know that this is coming and why have they been slower in getting their network expanded than the others. Secondly, since AT&T is slow in doing this and we don't uh, we have so many people complaining about AT&T for various reasons, when do you think Apple will finally deliver an iPhone to Verizon? I know that Verizon would not be on the same technology. I know there are some drawbacks to CDMA. I just don't care about these anymore, nor do I care about being able to use it globally. I just want my phone to work. When do you think the iExclusivity will end? If so, do you think Verizon will be the first to get it, or do you think T-Mobile and their AWS UMTS will be the first? Uh, I'm almost willing to, br- almost at the breaking point with AT&T. The inability to pre-order yesterday, along with no white iPhone availability, has really tested my patience. Ryan from Chester, Illinois. Yeah, that's a tough one, Mickey. Um, you know, what we talked about earlier, we're, you know, end of this year. If if it doesn't happen the end of this year, it won't be for another, what, two years uh, before the five-year exclusivity is up, right, on the on AT&T. So at yeah. that point um, would be a different carrier could pick up the iPhone here in the U.S. I think it'll be a CDMA phone before we see an AWS phone, that's for sure, because this is the only market, I believe, where we've got a 1700 uh, 3G. So there'd be no reason for for Apple to build a 1700 custom phone when there's actually a there's a, a number of markets that have CDMA service around the world. So I think they'd be better off to build uh, a CDMA handset where they could make a lot more of the, the U.S. customers happy in addition to certain markets well, around and, the world. Yeah, and as, as we talked earlier, the exclusivity, I believe, is going to end sometime later this year. I don't know what that means yet, though. I don't know if it means an iPhone 4 or an iPhone 3GS. Uh, I was very surprised to see them making a new model of the 3GS starting this week where you're buying an 8 gigabyte 3GS. Um, like, it just, it's, it's a very strange way of, of what they're doing here. And I, I wouldn't be surprised if we see a 3GS on Verizon just to keep that iPhone 4 exclusivity. But I, I could be wrong. 
Well, and that's what we talked about in uh, what was an unlock show a few weeks ago. Um, mm-hmm. uh, we really kind of d- dived into that because we've got a we had a bunch of information that really kind of you know there there was some information that substantiated um, the the fact that we could be seeing a, another iPhone. You know, in it, however, that other iPhone could be this eight gig three GS. Now I'm thinking about that code code name, but it doesn't necessarily mean that this is not the one that's going to be redone. You know, this is it, it is very interesting because right now the three GS was only available in sixteen gig. Is that right, Mickey? Sixteen and thirty two. Sixteen and thirty two. Yep. Yeah. So now they're they're selling an eight gig version, which is yeah, that is very unusual that they back. You know, they they mm-hmm. they, they change it to a lower specification. It's it is kind. It seems kind of unusual. Well, maybe memory is just kind of becoming more scarce and they're just trying to figure out, you know, they don't need, they figure we got to do a, a 16 gigabyte model of the iPhone 4 anyway. So let's just forget that 3GS model and just drop it down to, you know, the 8 gig and we can sell it for a hundred bucks. Well, yeah. And you know that they want to sell the extra services that are available and the extra apps are available on the iPhone 4 as well to, you know, upgrade the memory. It, it, it'll just make for a better customer experience as well because of the, the big camera and the video recording capabilities that it has. I go back, though. Let's go back real quick to what AT&T is going to do and if they're going to upgrade services throughout, you know, other areas of the country that may not have the population density of some of these major areas. We are still trying to get good service, Ryan, in some of the major cities out there. So AT&T has got to focus on what makes the most financial sense for them, where they've got the largest population centers. And boy, does this stink for those of us that switched over to AT&T because of a specific phone. This really goes back to my whole, use what works for you. I know there's enticing hardware out there, but there are great options on every single carrier. If you want an Apple iPhone and you're willing to put up with whatever it is to get an Apple iPhone, sure, go ahead. I would recommend, though, that you, I mean, if Ryzen works well for you, check out the Droid Incredible if you're looking for that similar experience. If you're looking for you know, functionality for email, check out the, the bold 9650, check out some of these, you know, these other great smartphones that are out there and, and don't feel like you have to go with AT&T because they are the only ones that service, you know, and provide this phone for you. Though I understand where you're coming from. I'm, you know, painfully an AT&T subscriber. It doesn't work great everywhere for me, but it works well enough where I'm willing to put up with the limitations. Yeah, and over the past two years, Mickey, limitations aren't, that, that's not even the word for it. I mean, you just flat out have zero availability in service in, in big markets and big airports and, and big cities you've gone to, which, oh, that's horrible. I mean, you're traveling for one thing. You, that's when you need the phone the most, not when you're uh, sitting at home. But, it, you know, not have it work there, that's really frustrating. And unfortunately, I have to agree with you, Mickey. I think, um, yeah, you're you're just not going to see uh any upgraded AT&T service for a long time in, in a rural area uh, to be upgraded. So I think maybe even uh, think about if you want the, the, uh, the Apple experience, maybe look at the new iPod touch that'll be coming out uh, later this year, mm-hmm. um, you know, where you can run the applications and, you know, use a, a Wi-Fi connection to, to, to get the data on there. And because uh, AT&T is just probably not going to be it for you, at least for a while. I, I yeah I don't think there's any other way we can put it I, I just don't think it's going to happen uh, at least in a in a pace that you're going to be comfortable with Verizon has done a good job they've also had their 3G coverage for longer we've talked about this in the past yeah go go with a, a provider that gives you great coverage because it'll make you happy um, 
Again, Joey makes a good point. You can always pick up an iPod Touch. Maybe an iPad is a good option for you as well if you want that bigger experience. You know, an iPad is is, is a real fun toy. Um, so you know, check out something like that, and and I'm sure you'll be happier with it, especially if you're as frustrated as you sound in this email. So anyway, but thanks for writing in. Of course, sent for my iPhone at the end of his signature. I know, Ryan. It it. The, the what did they it's call it? Frustrating. It's, it's so frustrating. It's frustrating. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. All right, next one here. A voicemail from Daniel. Hey, Mickey and Jerry. This is Daniel. I had called uh, several episodes ago regarding the Verizon network extender. And I emphasize that um, because I did find it. Um, your uh, guys' tip was perfect. Um, but I went to a Verizon, um, and it's a 30-day um, return policy. I know on the previous show there was a question about that, but it's 30 days. And I went to Verizon, huge store here. No one knew what I was talking about, even if the product existed. Um, I had to walk back to the back with the manager, Um because he was convinced there wasn't such an item. And um, we found it. So those that are looking uh, for the cell phone signal extension just for voice, not for data, um, make sure that you uh, are, are really aggressive on getting the Verizon network extender, the femtocell and um, all those other terms Charles Blanks, but um, I'm talking to you on the extend, extender right now. It's working great, uh, but the only issue I've had is when I'm powering back up my cell phone uh, from having it off, and it sometimes takes a little while to find the extender, but the setup was easy. Uh, I was The GPS was able to lock within 10 minutes, so... Thank you very much, guys, and I appreciate it. Daniel, thank you very much for the voicemail. You know, that is very strange that even the store manager didn't know what a, the network extender was. I, I'm glad we, that you got it going in the right direction, and I'm glad that you know the, the, the comments that we provided on the show were able to, to get you working with it. Um, but yeah, it sounds, sounds real good. I'm glad you're able to provide that insight on, you know, what you may need to do if you were looking for a network extender, because it, it is really sad when you go into a store to, to spend money with a company and they don't even know what the products that they're selling. Oh, you know, that is beyond, um, it, 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 it just shouldn't be allowed. It, it's the same reason, you know, my wife had gone into a buy a car and she asked, does it have a stainless steel exhaust or does it have, does it have a timing chain? These two questions, they're very, very basic mechanical questions about a vehicle and the salespeople have no idea they don't know what they're selling same thing with the you know the verizon store they don't know what they're selling all they know is what they get the most commission on and they know what they they get the most commission on for plans and that's all they need to know that's all they care to know which is completely unacceptable they should be trained to know all the products they're selling all the capabilities of those products and not be misleading the consumer and, and, and in many cases flat out lying to them about the capabilities of these devices that they sell. And it's, it's, it's just not good. Yeah, it, it really isn't. <laughs> when, you're, when you're going and actually having to walk in the back room with a manager to find the product that you've come in to buy, at least, you know, at least have an idea of what's in your store. Um, and, and hopefully you'll have, uh, you know, you'll have people that can, you know, know what they're buying 
frustrating. That's all that it, that second frustrating one right in a row. It is. And, you know, complaining to, you know, Verizon corporate, maybe, you know, something that's maybe good to do for that store to really let somebody else know that they they really don't know what they're doing. Yeah. But you know what, though? Here, I'm going to make I'm going to bring out the silver lining in the story because I, I'm I don't like the negativity of, of both of these. But I know. Yeah. It locked on within 10 minutes of plugging it in. That is awesome. And uh, the fact that it sounds like, you know, at least from this call, it's working very well. Your, your, the call quality was fantastic. Um, so great news on, on both of those. So these service, these femto cells, that is, work very, very well if you're looking for a way to, you know, supplement the coverage that you have in your home. Femto cells, they do cost money, but they do work. Yeah, we've never uh, read or heard of any complaints of anybody having one saying that didn't provide very good coverage for them or didn't you know function very good. I've I've never heard a complaint over one. So to me, that's a very good sign. Yep, I agree. Yeah, the the bidirectional amplification antennas sometimes can be a little difficult to use. Femto cells, though, it's pretty easy. Plug it in, plug it into your router, and there you go. You get service. So great news. Again, thanks again for the voicemail, Daniel, for sharing your experience. And finally, a question from Roger. It says, Mickey and Joey, I'm having trouble with my SD card. It uh, says that the SD card in my Droid Incredible is bad, and it made me format it, and I lost a year of stuff. So my first question is, what do you think happened to the SD card? Did it just go bad? Number two, has anyone had this problem yet on, your, on an HTC device? And three, how do you prevent the loss of everything on your SD card if you back up to the SD card, and then it goes bad and you lose everything? Boy, I miss my BlackBerry desktop. Is there anything like that that I can use? The Incredible is still great. Thanks. Love your show. Keep up the great work. Roger Q in New York. Well, first, man, that is, you know, you're backing stuff up to a card. You you figure that the flash memory is going to be infallible. I you know, Errors happen. I mean, that's, I guess, that, that that's how you, that's the best way of thinking. It is, you know, you know um, <clears throat> excuse me, the SD cards are, you know, they're flash based flash memory has a limited number of write cycles. If you if you are running on an older um, SD card, I'm not saying this is, but but for anybody who is, you actually don't want to write to a flash memory card that many times. They do have a limited life. Um, it is pretty high, but you can you can run up to that edge, and then you'll start having errors. Unfortunately, anything electronic can just arbitrarily fail for no apparent reason, um, and that's probably what happened here. Uh, you know, if you did have the situation where it asked you to format before you said yes, the best thing to do would have been to pull that card out and then take it to a computer with a utility that can help try to read through errors because there are plenty of those out there where they can try to recover the file system, try to recover at least some of the files. Um, that may or may not have worked in this case. It really, really depends. Uh, the best thing to do to back up your SD card, which you know, it, it, it's a good idea to have another backup, an external backup, because if you think about it, your, the, your card's in your phone. What if you lose your phone? You want to actually have another backup of your main memory backup. Um, and in that case, really the easiest thing to do is to, to stick it into your computer, the micro SD, either in a reader or even using your USB cable, depending on how it shows up, and literally copy the entire contents of that into a new folder on your computer where it's just, um, it, it just, takes the contents the entire contents in and that will basically be a full backup for you and you know it's not like a daily thing that you have to do but 
you know, maybe once a week or something when you're thinking about it, you know, just set a reminder to yourself so that you can do it. Uh, Jerry from Android Central, that was what he recommended doing was the was the manual backup like Joey recommends where you just, you know, you know, put it on a, a computer and do so. Um, you know, you can also plug it in too and, and your, your computer will recognize the SD card in there. And, um, you know, I would say also, you know, take advantage of some cloud-based services as well. So if it's like pictures as an example, when you take a picture and, you know, especially ones that you want to save, upload them to you know, whether it's Flickr or whatever. I mean, there's all sorts of accounts that are out there that you can use. And and take advantage of the the actual connectivity of your device and have some of those things automatically uh, or uh, backed up automatically by just simply sending them to other services. Yeah, that's a good way to go too, Mickey. You know, I don't know how this would work with an Android phone, but the, the, there's a potential here where you could actually have two SD cards that you're rotating um, on a, you know, I don't know, every month or every two months or on some sort of schedule where, um, you know, if you're having device backups kept on the card, you can just pop, you know, just rotate the two cards back and forth. So you'll always have a, you know, a card nearby that's within a few weeks, you know, where you don't lose, you know, a vast amount of data. Cloud storage. I, I'm still going with cloud storage. <laughs> I like that. You know, media is one thing. Hopefully media you've got backed up somewhere else and you can slide over your media back to it, whether it's video or music or whatever. Um, you know, podcasts and stuff like that. You probably have settings and stuff. And that's that 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 kind of, you know, files structure is key to doing these manual backups, I think. Um, I, I don't have a phone to really test out with it right now. Um, so I would recommend if anyone has a, a backup method here, and uh, Roger, I've asked Phil from Android Central too, and, and if he comes up with anything, I'll let you know too. But if, if someone out there is using a uh, an automatic backup service for your SD card in your Android device, send it in to us, and I'll pass it on to Roger uh, so that he's got uh, he's got something else that he can take you know take uh, more care of uh, to make sure that he doesn't do this in the future. But uh, yeah, that's um, that that is an, an issue that could potentially happen to anybody on any device that's using a card. I don't think it's a problem for HTC devices. At least I haven't heard anything about it yet. And so I, I don't think that's something that you need to worry about. And again, th- thanks, Roger, for writing in. We certainly appreciate you listening to the show and for writing in with your question. If you want to do the same as Roger, you can send us an email to questions at com or give us a call like Daniel did, 206-203-3734, and we'll get your question or comment played on the show. So, Joey, thank you very much, as always, for your time. We'll talk to you later. Thanks for listening. For more information about the stories you've just heard, visit us at thecellphonejunkie.com.